Welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Quentin. With me, as always, is my brother Travis. And today we are covering Me Without You, a post-hardcore spoken word rock band. It's kind of hard to describe these guys. Um, but they are on the same record label as Emery, who we covered last week, and we're covering their first album, A to B Life. I'm so stoked to rock out to these tunes with you, man. Um, when was your first introduction to me without you? I mean, you're the one who who showed them to me, and I think you showed me probably, uh, Bullet to Binary. Yeah. Uh, and, um, which is the song that, that introduced us in. And, yeah. Kind of like you said, it's hard to classify these guys. Um, I think spoken word is 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 a really interesting. That is one of the things that really stands out. It's like it's like you're hearing poetry. Uh, yes, and which what well, that's what it is, right? I mean, it's it, it comes, it, it sounds that way, it yeah. comes out that way. That is his vote. That is his vocal delivery. Yeah, and on top of that, he is a beautiful poet. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's not it's, just that he uses spoken word to to give it that. Yeah, that quality you know, yeah. poem feel. Yeah, he is a true poet, and and these lyrics are haunting, beautiful, and I mean, there's no other band like me without you. Yeah, I, I that's what I was gonna say. It's like uh, it it really is hard to put them in one particular genre because they 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 are so unique, and the way that he delivers his lyrics, like you said, uh, just deliver that much more of a, a a punch and like weight to the words, you know. Yeah. So yeah. Now, Trav, you had read that that they don't like to be labeled a Christian band. Yes. So yeah, that's one of the things about them is that a lot of a lot of so these guys are. Uh, well, let's just go through the roster real quick. There's there's um, I'm not sure what the what the makeup of the record or, or, or the band was for this record. Maybe I can find their personnel. Nope, I can't. But it was at the very least. It's it's these two brothers that started the band. Their names are Aaron Weiss and Michael Weiss, and uh, so these guys are, are brothers. They're they're of Jewish descent, and their songs use Jewish, Muslim, and Christian imagery imagery to explore spiritual themes. So because of that, because they have you know this Christian religious imagery in their songs, they get categorized as a Christian band. But uh, Aaron Weiss states that he doesn't think that they are a Christian band. So it's one of those things where it's like, well, you know, you write you write what you what you know about, right? And you write what you what's on your mind. So these guys are clearly very very religious people, right? So I mean, that's what they're going to write about. But I guess uh, to, to to me, it's like to, I have always equated Christian band equals worship music, right? And so it's interesting to think about a rock band that writes lyrics that are that have christian themes or other religious themes but they're not a christian band it's interesting right so we'll just put it let's think of it this way um aaron weiss you know he's a christian and he's not going to hide it yeah sure he's not going to hide it in his in his band right but yeah yeah exactly but i mean uh you know i i never thought of them as a christian band i mean that's just because i'm not i'm not Paying attention but I've, to the lyrics. Yeah, I've paid attention, uh, like focused on the lyrics in all of the albums of theirs that I've that I've listened to. But I mean, does it um, jump out? Like, is it obvious? Oh yes, okay. especially when you listen to their third album, "Brother Sister," which to me is is I think their best work, which came out in two thousand five. Yeah, dude, it's it's straight up. 
straight up, that's what he is singing about, you know, his relationship with God, um, God's relationship with man. It's all in there. Interesting. I mean, we don't, uh, we haven't explicitly said this on this podcast, but we're not, not religious people. So no, but it's we funny. we did have a religious upbringing. We did. But uh, it's interesting because, you know, to me, I'm like, well, it's going to be hard for me to connect to this music if it's explicitly about religion. But he's all, you know, he, he's singing about the human experience. The, their lyrics also explore suffering, self-doubt. Mm-hmm. Everybody experiences those things, right? Yeah. So I guess to me, if I hear, hey, here's a, if somebody comes up to me and says, hey, man, I got this Christian band I want to introduce you to, like, I'm going to get shut off immediately, right? Like, I'm not going to be interested, but maybe this is, is telling me something else here, you know, that I should uh, leave all doors open, Q, music. Well, hey, man, Emory. Right. The Week's In, one of our favorite albums. That's a, it's a It's a Christian band. It is. But I don't think that's the first label you throw on them, so... Sounds yeah. like these guys are a little bit more explicit about it. Oh, yeah. So um, we are trying to keep this one short and sweet. And this is a sidetrack. We're not going to dive into the history of the album or the band. Um, maybe we'll circle back to them some other time and give them a full episode. But um, again, we're covering A to B Life. Their first studio album came out in 2002. And there's no singles on this album. So... Because Bullet to Binary is one of my favorite songs, uh, we did play it as an intro, but we're gonna that's going to be uh, our first pick today. And dude, I have to play. I've got a few songs to play. So <laughs> let's fucking, let's get on with it. All right, so let's play a little bit more of Bullet to Binary. There's so much to talk about. There's so many things going on. Would you consider this to be in any kind of metal vein? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, especially the, the that chorus there, that 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 really heavy riff that gets thrown yeah. into there. That's almost got like a almost like a new new metal 
flair to it. But I mean, also some grunge. There's some grunge influence that I hear in this. Like, they're all yeah. over the map. And that's, what's, that's, yeah. that's what I love about it. Um, and yeah, dude, uh, one of my favorite parts of the song is when he starts busting out the French, man. Singing in French. I know, For dude. some reason. I know, He's man. just singing in French. But it just sounds more intense for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, just the way that he's yelling right he's, there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and not to mention the intro is killer. That intro is just so oh, yeah. perfectly executed. It's so memorable, too. Yeah, I, I wouldn't classify these guys as, as emo. Um, I wouldn't either. Yeah, I mean, melodically, they're not they're not emo. Nothing about the, 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 the music, the guitar, anything like that falls under emo. And I, I've actually not seen that label on them yet, anywhere I've seen, so... Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe there's no reason for me to even bring that up because maybe it's not even up for debate. Like I don't, I don't think these guys <laughs> yeah. are considered emo, but um, some people might be quick to put that label on them because of the screaming. But yeah, it's not done in a way to me that's emo whatsoever. So anyway, well, I'm pretty sure they've had the same drummer this whole time. His name's Ricky Mazota, and man, he is he is yeah. fun to watch, dude. He's a great drummer. So I got to see them back when I was in high school, and I just kind of want to. I'm not going to talk about the proselytizing, but some of that happened from some of their roadies outside of the venue. Yeah. I'm over it. Uh, <laughs> but so what I remember from that night, so it must have been early 2000s, uh, the drummer had a bunch of like halfway dying, like wilting bouquets of flowers tied around all his cymbal stands. Okay. And so did Aaron Weiss. He held a bouquet of like dying flowers and he had he held it wrapped around his mic stand and so with all the crazy movement and shit going on on stage the entire night pedals were flying around and yeah it's falling cool. off of the of the uh stem and it's just chaos dude same with the drummer like all the flowers were just flying everywhere it was really cool dude. that's cool imagery um it sounds, yeah. uh, sounds kind of emo to me <laughs> so where did you see them did you see him at like trees or something uh no, it wasn't trees. It it must have been the door, dude. I think I saw him mm. at the door, which is technically a Christian venue. Did you know that, Travis? I mean, what isn't Christian is what I'm finding out these days. <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, yeah. I guess it makes sense. I mean, you guys, they, the band you know, they, that you were in, they, you, you guys used to play yeah. there almost exclusively. Yeah, we play there all the time. And that's the their sound guy recorded our our, our two albums that we that we did. You guys did two albums? Yeah, we had two albums, dude. Oh, shit. Um, shout out to Drill Fruth. I don't, I'm sure he's not the sound guy at the door anymore, but or I love or, that guy. Or listening. He's probably not listening either. Yeah, he might be. Anyways, uh, so, dude, we got to move along. Well, I don't hold on. Really Real focus. quick, dude, I wanted to point this out. Same producer that did Every Night Fireworks by Hey Mercedes. No way. Same guy. Same cool. guy, different label. So that's actually no. Wait, was I don't I don't think he Mercedes was on Tooth and Nail. No, no. So yeah, there you go. This guy this guy uh, made his rounds, man. So yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, let's let's keep on moving like you said. Um All right. So Now, Q, here's the thing. Here's my here's an admission. I'm really only all that familiar with with Bullet to Binary. So from here on out, I I could be hearing these songs for the first time. Good, dude. I'm excited. All right. We're going to jump down well, the next track on the on the album. This one is called The Ghost. I got a couple clips to play here.
So not only are his lyrics just like fucking beautiful, but his delivery is so passionate and intense, man. It gets me every time I listen to me without you. I'm I'm caught up in whatever emotion he is caught up in. Yes, you can definitely feel every every feeling, every emotion that he's trying to convey in those lyrics. Like he delivers the feeling, right? He delivers the emotion. Yeah. I think I, I don't know, but I'm, th- these might be this might be the imagery, like the religious imagery that that uh, that they refer to, because like in a lot of these lyrics, like these seem like they're quotes almost. Yeah, because I right here in his silent sound was the peace I found, peace as in like peace sign, and then like but but a tree once cut down came up new from the ground. Right, those could be psalms or whatever. Yeah. It could also yeah, be yeah. just his own words, but they sound very like, like you said, like a psalm or something like that. Very yeah. prophetic. So here's what I do know about this album. Uh, Aaron Weiss was either dealing with currently or had already been broken up. So he had, he had just gotten dumped. There's like a lot of parallel meaning in these songs about specifically his breakup and his ex, but it's not like overtly about that, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, uh, let's starting to sound more and more like an emo album every with every second here. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, it's, it, lyrically, yeah. All right, dude. Let's let's move along. I got. A, but you know what? Second, one more thing on that though. I feel like every. Well, I mean, what what song isn't about love or heartbreak? You know what I mean? That's true. So it it yeah. yeah it's it, the emo is when it's more like the reflection is more on yourself as a failure. You know what I mean? I yeah, feel that's like a that's, good, that's a good point. Yeah. So, yeah. so let me, let me reserve that email label for, for a little bit later. We'll see, we'll see if it gets thrown on. We'll see how it goes. All right. Here is clip two. We're basically picking up where we faded out. Here is the second half of the ghost. They align mostly with grunge to me, dude. The music, the yeah. guitars. It's starting to sound more like more like grunge, which is like you know, cl- closer to 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 metal than some of the other emo stuff that we've heard. But yeah, I feel like it's it's very much got a '90s rock sound to it. Yeah, and so I had to fade that out because so one thing about this album, it flows really well, like almost seamlessly from song to song, and I'm gonna. We're going to dive into an example of that in the next song. Um, but yeah, you're right, dude. It's it's the heavy, it's the it's the more heavy, grungy, uh, post-hardcore 90s sound. Yeah, where it's not, it, it's heavier, but it's not, it's still not metal yet. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's getting there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So one of my favorite lines, again, comes from this song. Put music to our troubles and we'll dance them away. What a great line, dude. I mean, shit! I want to get give me that. Slap that on my body, dude. I'll get that as a tattoo. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's at the uh, the moment at the concert where you guys are dancing your troubles away together in the audience, right? <laughs> that's that's right. All right. So, and you know, we don't need to keep reading lyrics because 
he sings very clearly. Like most of the time, you know exactly what he's saying. Yeah, I mean, I will say like there, you know, like you just you want to pay attention because like his lyrics are so yeah. interesting and like the way he delivers it is so interesting. Yeah, he yeah. really, it's really hard not to uh, to focus to try to focus. You know. Yeah, but hey, let me read this last few lines because we're we're trying to make the case of you know whether or not this is emo. Yeah. And it's more of the same as the warmth that I seem to lack. You'll neither find in him. Hmm. Hmm. Kind of reminds me of that Emory song, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it hurts right. me to think that you might find others better than me. Yeah. I mean, he also says, um, but from my left eye flows, uh, flows tears of joy and sorrow from my right. So is he saying he is both happy and sad at the breakup? Yeah, I don't know, man. See, that's that poetic beauty. You might seem too strong to surrender, boy, but you're far too frail to fight. Yeah, this is starting to sound emo, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's what we're going to do for... This is this is going to be the meat of the sidetrack. Is, I mean, we're going to play... Okay, we've done this a few times um, where we play the very end of a song so that we can show the transition into the next song. Here's what we're going to do. So this album, again, is called A to B Life. There are two little, like, segue instrumental songs, I guess. Okay. I don't know if they're... They're not really songs. They're more like just transitions. Uh, one's called A, a little bit later on in the album. The other one's called B. I see. Um, and it's really cool. A totally different sound. And it, it basically just takes you from one song to the next. So we're going to play the very end of track four, which is called Everything Was Beautiful and Nothing Hurt. That's going to take us through to the little A instrumental track. And then we're going to go straight into Gentleman. And we're going to listen to the majority of Gentleman. Okay. Um, Gentleman might be my favorite on the album. The lyrics are intense. We're going to read them. Um, but just warning, they're, they're a bit intense. All right, okay. here we go.
better be alone. Yeah, lyrics are lyrics are great, man. You don't you just don't hear you don't hear uh, you don't hear stuff like that. <laughs> you, you know, uh, the, <laughs> yeah. the way that he delivers it, the the the, the imagery is. And the emotion that's delivered, I'm going to just fucking say this, dude. This guy delivers uh, the screaming and the and the emotion tied to it better than most emo people do. Emo people. I, I, emo bands. <laughs> emo singers. I, you know what I mean? I think so, too. Because it's fucking genuine, dude. It feels genuine to me. Yeah. And I was tempted to play this whole song, but... I mean, we've been playing a lot of full tracks lately, dude. We gotta, yeah. we gotta give our listeners something to, you know, something to to look forward to if they want to revisit these songs. So, um, this song specifically is about a stalker, um, but there it's there's double meanings in the lyrics. He is singing about. He's also singing about his ex. I don't know if it's girlfriend or, or wife. Um, so this song is about that relationship but he's also he, it's written from the point of view of a stalker okay um, yeah because i'm reading the lyrics you know i'm trying to figure out where uh because yeah to me it read completely as a breakup song well but so so here we go um second verse i call and when you hear that heavy breathing for the okay. sound of your voice so you know a stalker would call you and just not say anything and just you just hear nothing but heavy breathing on the other end. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, maybe like the, this first lyric too. We never met you and I. We were exactly. always inside. We were somewhere inside one exactly. another. Exactly, like we've never actually met. And I'll live without you, love. Okay, I'm starting to see it now because like this is this is a stalker who is who in is love with this person, with obsessed with this person. Yep. We'll never live. I get it. I see it. It's all starting to connect. Yeah, so dude, now- let me read what you started there, because this is one of my favorite Me Without You lines. And I'll live without you, love, but what good is one glove without the other? Just poetic yeah. beauty, man. I just love that kind of well, stuff. Well, okay. Well, to 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 piggyback on that, one of my favorite lyrics that jumps out of this song, so I wander and I wander, your absence beating inside my chest. I try, but I can't remember the color of your eyes, just the shape of your dress. And the way he delivers the line is what makes oh, it killer. Yeah, dude. Man. I know, man. That's one of my favorite moments in the song, too. His punctuated lines where he ends it with like a like an exasperated like cry, you know? Yeah, dude. Of emotion, like a frustration comes out of him almost. But yeah, it's just really well done. All right. So, now, this is one of those albums... You better listen to it from start to finish, you know. Yeah. Um, and we could we could have spent another hour talking about these guys. Yeah, there's something something very unique about this record, no no doubt about it. And I think a lot of it is uh, you got to credit the mainly the, the the way that Aaron delivers his lyrics and just his lyrics in general. I mean, that's what makes these yeah. guys worth paying attention to, worth Absolutely. listening to. Um. Yeah. So I have only listen to a to b life their second album catch for us the foxes and their third one brother sister and he's kind of tones down the yelling a little bit so he does it's it's all that spoken word type sing-songy voice but he yeah he dials it down a little bit with the screaming and um all three of those albums are fantastic okay let me uh let me make an admission to you okay so Back in the day, when you when when we were both in in high school, we were what what, uh, sorry, what year did this come out? This came out in two thousand two. Okay, so we were we were freshmen. Fifteen, uh, yeah, fifteen. I shied away from music like this, or I might listen to it, maybe acknowledge inwardly that I thought it was kind of cool, but then I wouldn't pursue it because I did not want to be associated. With that scene, quote unquote. Yeah. And I find that I'm, I'm admitting that that, that 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 was, you know, silly of me. But I would listen. The, the, the irony is I would listen to, to metal music and never think to associate with metal heads. And, and sure. purposely, uh, I shouldn't say purposely, but, th- you know, I had different notions of what a, a metal head was. You know, I probably thought that they were all drug users, you know, getting stoned and shit. 
but I'm just saying, like, now that I'm fully removed from from youth, like, I can go back and listen to these guys and appreciate what they were doing. You know what I mean? And I'm probably going to queue up and listen to them tomorrow, like, all day. Please do, man. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, it's funny how sometimes you can circle back to bands that you may have, like, brushed off back in the day for whatever reason. And you're like, man, this is actually really good. How did I not see this back then? But, right. you know, there's always different reasons for, for that. But maybe it's just more like the more you listen to – if you're somebody like – if you're like us and you spend a lot of time listening to music, diving in, doing deep dives into music, and then you can start to to see the influence and, and, and hear bits of this and bits of that, you know what I mean? That's right. to me what I'm appreciating when I hear these guys now. Yep. is everything that, that goes into the sound, you know? Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, man, definitely check out Catch for Us the Foxes and Brother Sister. Um, and I might have to just keep going and listen to their newest stuff um, past Brother Sister and see what they've been up to these days. All right, man, so that's it. It's funny, dude. Our sidetracks are starting to become full hour-long episodes, but that's just how it is when you're listening to bands that you really love. And it's, I just can't help it, dude. I had to play all these songs. Yeah. Sometimes it just it calls for it, man. Yeah. So, what you heard? Travis, I'm going to let you go first, brother. What you been hearding lately? Dude, this was a great day for me, musically. Two bands that I that I recently have, have fell in love with, both came out with new material today. One of which I tweeted about. So, if you follow us on, on uh, Twitter, at NoFillerPodcast, you may have seen me tweet about the band Hum, and they put out a new record for the first time in 22 years today. Wow. And it's good. Um, I did not want them to be, because I had to decide basically between these two bands, because I knew I was going to bring one or the other to the table. But I went with this other band called Narrowhead, which I- Oh, you love these boys. Absolutely love these guys and everything they do. Uh, they just announced a new record that's going to come out in August, and they put out a single today called Night Tierst. Or Light Tierst? How do you? Trist? Night Trist. That's right. Yeah. Uh, man, it's great. So I obviously, I went ahead. I pre-ordered the album. I bought a fucking shirt. Um, I'm all in on this. And dude, here's another quick story before we play this song. I'm so bummed because last week, they must have had some more copies of Satisfaction lying around, which was the album that I brought to... I think it was one of my watchers last year or yeah. earlier this year. And they, on Twitter, they're like, hey, we put the last 20 copies of Satisfaction on Bandcamp to buy, the LP. And I saw the tweet maybe 45 minutes later and they were already sold out. And I'm like, uh, son of a bitch. And if you go to damn. like, if you go to eBay or you go to like discogs.com, that record sells for like 200 bucks. So Fuck. it's rare. So I'm really damn, bummed, dude, because I would have I grabbed that in a hot minute. Yeah. Fuck. So anyway, I, I made sure that didn't happen, and I went ahead and pre-ordered this new record. Anyway, uh, so yeah, let's listen to the single. These guys are kind of like a grunge revivalist band, and they do it better than other bands that that would be classified as kind of like a grunge revival. Uh, these guys are great. All right, so this is a song called Night Trist.
That's fucking great, man. I they, fucking love these guys. Really well done. I mean, like, yeah. the the way that they that they combine all these all these grunge sounds. I mean, yeah. like, you know, all these and, different and, uh, yeah. different styles of grunge, like, pulled right. together really well. And that's the thing that, like, I want to be careful about because, like, yeah, it's 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 funny when you say when you can pick bands. That 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 were clear influences to these guys. Smashing Pumpkins. Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, obvious stuff. The guys. So here's the funny thing. There's a Stereo Gum article that came out today that's talking about this. And uh, I went to the the first comment. Somebody says, uh, "Saw these guys open for Death Bells a couple of years back. Thirty seconds into their set, I thought Stone Temple Pilots check, then Smashing Pumpkins check, then Alice in Chains dot dot dot. You get the drift." It was glorious, highly recommended. So nice. yeah, um, but but like I guess what I want to say is like it's it's easy to say, hey, these guys sound like this and that and this, but this is just another grunge record, another grunge band. You know what I mean? I think it's because there's a difference between people who are doing it. Um, I think to sound like to 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 almost like mimic the sound versus I think these guys are. I don't know. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's hard. Yes, to be like, absolutely. Because a lot of times you, you will hear bands, indie bands, and be like, oh, well, they're clearly just trying to do this versus these guys. This is how this is. I don't know. I, I It's hard for me to describe this. You remember last year when every what you heard that I brought was a uh, Psych- psychedelic psych- psychedelic rock yeah, garage rock band. Yeah, and yeah, there were a few of them where you where you were just like, man, this is just fucking carbon copy. You yes, know? like this, there's no, there's nothing new here. Right. You're That's saying right. Narrowhead is the real deal. Yes, and it and they're bringing new ideas to that genre. Yeah, exactly. It's it is that it's the sound. It's that that sound. Like uh, they're borrowing from, but improving. Yes, on. they're borrowing, but they're they're doing it in their own unique way. To to where to me, it's not a a, a gimmick i mean not to do this again but it's not a gimmick in the way that greta van fucked oh, up. Dude, I, I knew I was, greta van fleet is, i knew to, you were gonna bring them up if we because i think to it's talk a good this. i think it's a really good comparison to me it's greta van fleet they get a lot of shit man as they, they get should. a lot of shit greta van fleet is doing led zeppelin and that's all they're doing there's nothing unique about them they're just doing a led zeppelin knockoff basically versus these guys you can't but it's hard to I got, it's hard you know to what? i still got respect for greta van fleet only because they're making they're making money doing that dude. but that's exactly because they know what they're doing he sounds right they know what they're doing so much like robert plant yeah that, like that is what they're doing they know what they're doing it's not a secret to anybody versus and that's the thing we yeah that's all i'm gonna say i think you either agree with me on that or you don't there's probably a lot of people out there that like Greta Van Fleet that are listening to this, but I'm just saying Narrowhead to me is is the real deal. Yeah, and they're from Houston too, so they're they're Texas natives, which is great. Cool. Anyway, uh, all right, Q, what you got? What you got for us? What you've been hurting lately? All right, so I've been flipping through my records and dusting off some some records that I haven't listened to in a while, and we actually did a sidetrack on this album a long time ago. We did this as a sidetrack to our Sade episode. Um, actually, you know what? We focused on a quiet storm, which was like a radio, which is like a term that was used in, for a specific type of like jazz R&B kind of radio that hit the scene, I think in the 70s. Um, some DJ coined the term, but he pulled it from this Smokey Robinson album called A Quiet Storm. And Sade also uses the line A Quiet Storm in one of her songs. Maybe more, maybe more than one of her songs, but anyways. It's like a, like a kind of a nod almost, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I listened to this record again the other day. It is so fucking great. Um, we played the song Quiet Storm, and we also played track two, The Agony and the Ecstasy. Way back then, it was like Shit, probably two years ago now, dude. That was one of our early episodes, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, after those two somewhat mellow tunes, he fucking drops a banger on track three, and we're going to play that one now. This song is from Smokey Robinson's 1975 record, A Quiet Storm. This song is called Baby That's Back At Ya. 
It's hard not to not to groove and I know, and, dude. And, I was I was grooving big time over here, man. You should have seen me. I like it. Good stuff, dude. The whole album's great. Um Yeah, so that's Smokey Robinson song from his seventy five record, A Quiet Storm. All right, Q. If if you're a listener out there and you're you're tired of the screamage, well we have another emo band lined up for you. So you're gonna have to you're gonna have to listen to another emo band, but this particular emo band is a different flavor of emo. There's no screaming, there's no, I mean, there's almost there's no distortion at all. Almost, dude. This is a very a very Lots light of acoustic driven. There's acoustic stuff. Yeah. Um, but I would say that we have we have shied away. We have managed to avoid any of the whiny emo type of. Vocal delivery. That's where I draw the line, dude. But I was gonna say, I think this guy's got some winage. Okay. But I, this is, we keep saying about uh, this about these records that we've been talking about, but there's something unique about this record. <laughs> <laughs> there's something. Um, maybe that was just tooth and what tooth and nail did was try to try to attract bands that were slightly different. Yeah. But to me. Uh, again, it comes down to the the strong the song structures, um, and the way that these guys approach their melody, how they approach their their arrangements. So we're talking about a band called May M A E, and we're talking about their debut record, Destination Beautiful, which sounds emo already. Just the name <laughs> of the album. Now let's let's also bring up that of all the records that we've covered so far in our back to school bus tour this one's up there for me for nostalgic feels yes we listened to this album over and over and over and yes, over we did. and over and over you're right this one for whatever reason um connected to us the most and i i think and maybe we'll save this for the episode but i think what i was drawn to was uh the the arrangements like to me i think these songs are a little bit uh, I don't know. They're, well, they're, let's they're, let's save this talk for okay. The next one. All right. Yeah. There's they're they're more. It's but you're more right. Just the 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 the. Uh, I don't know, dude. I'll have to gather my thoughts over the next <laughs> yeah. week so that I can come to the table with something intelligent to say. But yeah, I think this is a this is a a really great record. I I confess I haven't really gotten into much more after this from from these guys. I, I wasn't really a fan of what anything else they did for whatever reason, but maybe I, I grew them. Who knows? But anyway. Also, I wanted to give a quick shout out to um, 
a listener of ours. His name's Alex. He resides in Russia. He gave us a little tweet. Uh, gave us a little suggestion for another band in the Amory vein, which is what we were asking for. Uh, last week we said if you have if you know any other emo bands that that are in that style, send them our way. And he suggested a band called Silverstein or maybe Silverstein, not sure. Uh, and he specifically suggested their debut album, which came out in 2002, called When Broken is Easily Fixed. And it's good stuff. It's very similar with the juxtaposition between very heavy screaming and more pretty poppy uh, harmonizing. I liked it a lot. The- yeah, I, I listened to some of it. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was a uh, pretty pretty accurate as far as like bands that are similar to uh, to Emory. Yeah, I think yeah. so. So thank you for that, Alex, um, and thank you for listening. And with that being said. If you want to chat with us, we're pretty damn good about responding on Twitter, and uh, we, we like to get engaged with our listeners, and I'm excited because this is, from day one, this is what we've been wanting out of this podcast, is to connect with other music fans, share music, and have other people share music with us, and yes. kind of open up dialogue, and that's what's finally happening, and it makes me very happy. Uh, our Twitter handle is at No Filler Podcast. You can also find us on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Uh, we are a part of the music network filled with other great music podcasts. You can find us all under the Pantheon Podcast umbrella if you search for Pantheon Pods. Uh, you will find us, or you can find us on our website, nofillerpodcast.com. There you can stream all of our shows. You can dive into our show notes um, where we we cite all of our sources. And, you know, we'll throw, we'll throw in a music video or live video here uh, every now and then. Um, that's nofillerpodcast.com. And for the outro, I didn't really, I couldn't really think of any, like, other band to play along with me without you because, like, there's no other band like it. So we're just going to play one of my favorite songs from... What I think is their best album, Brother Sister. Uh, we're going to fade us out with track three on that record. It's called Wolf Am I and Shadow. And that's going to do it for us today. Am I missing something, Travis? I was nah. I was just blabbering on. All right, cool. Nope, you got it all covered. Awesome. All right. We will be shouting at you again next week. Thank you, as always, for listening. My name is Quentin. My name is Travis. Y'all take care. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.